Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTE GA podcast. Mikey Stafford and Rory O'Neill with you. And we are joined by Eamon Fitzmaurice. Look back on the rather eventful football weekend that was. And we'll have Shane McGrath along later to discuss the hurling. Um, how are you, Eamon? Are you well? Good, Mikey. Not a bother. Good. Rory, yourself? Fantastic. Yeah. Very good. Great weekend's football. Jeez, I knew you spilled my coffee. That wouldn't have been a good start to the day. <laughs> At least I didn't do a Mac Hansen. I didn't swear. It's fine. Mm. I made a mistake without swearing. It's good. Good start. Good start. Um, as we might we might begin with the second tier, Division Two, which is um always interesting. We you know we say that regularly. Um, it's got a slightly different dynamic to it this year, I think, Eamon, because we have two teams in Derry and Dublin who most people think are, if not head and shoulders, and at least you know considerably ahead of the pack. And at the moment, they're you know. They're on top with eight points each, Cork and Loud and me, the closest challengers with four points. But they meet next weekend. And um, at the moment, <clears> I would say there's a considerable gap between the teams. And it might not be the gap people would have thought a couple of years ago. Um, to me, I watched the whole game yesterday against Kildare. To me, Derry looked like a Division One team playing in Division Two. And Dublin looked like a Division Two team hoping to get out, get back up to Division One. Um, a lot will be told by next week, but... At the moment, they I don't think they're operating on the same level. I don't know what you think. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Mikey. But uh, if any game is going to get the juices flowing for the dubs, it's uh, it's this game up in Derry now uh, next weekend. But um, yeah, Derry, look, have, have pushed on from last year again. We've all been so <clears throat> impressed with them, I suppose, for the last couple of seasons. And the graph has continued to go up. And a couple of the issues, you know, there was kind of hanging over them from last year, particularly in terms of their forward threat and a bit more support for Shane McGuigan. Um, they look to have worked in that this winter again, and they've improved again, and they're pushing on again. And uh, it's a huge opportunity for them. It can be next weekend, if they were to beat Dublin above and Derry, that's a statement win. And, uh, you know, that's, you can be sure that... Um, Rory Gallagher will be definitely driving that angle this week. That it's a it's a great chance to really suck it into to to Dublin when Dublin look like they're stuck in gear a bit at the moment and that they haven't really got going. But you know, like I said at the start, this is this is a huge opportunity for them as well. So um, it'll be a great game. Yeah, really looking mm. forward to that one. Rory, you you were in Croke Park on Saturday night for for the double header. Uh, Dublin now they've kind of you know. Not terribly convincing against Kildare. They beat a Limerick side who have been whomped by everybody, including your own crowd yesterday, really destroyed them. Um, they were they were lucky against Cork. And then they were, it seems to me, they were incredibly lucky on Saturday night uh, to have a Clare team who have now shot themselves in both feet in the space of two weeks. Six points up with 10 minutes to go and Dublin get the last seven scores to win. And Dublin, I thought, a point a piece would have been a probably better and fairer reflection. There was a sort of a, a loose enough attitude to the Dublin supporters going in Asher to Zoni Clare, I, which I found particularly odd. I, I had a feeling that this game was absolutely going to be competitive. Clare set up like they always do. 
made it difficult. And they've got a couple of brilliant forwards. Um, Mon Cleary was outstanding again. Gavin Cooney is very consistent, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, and like they're still scorer. missing Cahill O'Connor at midfield, who's obviously a big player for them, you know, in terms of ball winning ability and just giving them that direct option from their own kick up. But from a Dublin perspective, I think it's very peculiar. It's very interesting that the four players that he took off, Keen Murphy, um, Lee Gannon, um, the it was basically the players that have been getting chances. Lahif, Lowry, McGarry, Keen Murphy, McGarry. They were the four that four that were taken off, and you're kind of saying to yourself, so he's taken off these lads early enough and bringing on the 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 Jack McCaffreys and 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 we'll say it's some of the more Scully bringing on some of the frontline players mm. to try and dig them out. That to me would be a major sign that what he's tr- what he's try to go looking for and what he's trying to find just might not be there and I wouldn't be at all I said this last week and I think the same still applies and by the way it'll be a fantastic Dublin team but when you see the Dublin starting 15 when it comes to the business end it will be a very familiar looking team a very very good side that will be take a lot of beating but not the scary monster that they used to be Mm. Eamon, uh, I you know from watching highlights, it's kind of hard to, to 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 ascertain. But from reading the comments of a few kind of blue blue tinted uh, columnists and pundits, and also fans online, it's not just it's not just the lack of new blood. It seems to be the style of play as well. I think people kind of think Dublin are maybe a little bit stuck in in the kind of. Uh, not functional, functional is the wrong word, a very pragmatic and kind of um, sensible approach of the late Jim Gavin, um, early Desi Farrell kind of era where, you know, it's kind of, you know, play the percentages, keep possession, you know, kind of, and it obviously worked very well for them um, for quite a long time once they kind of pivoted from the kind of all action team that they were early in Jim Gavin's kind of reign. But it seems like football, Gaelic football, as it does regularly, has moved on and the teams impressing at the moment are kind of the likes of Mayo and, and Derry who are kind of all action frenetic kind of playing with a lot of speed and Dublin don't seem to be that interested to play that way at the moment is that by choice do you think or is it just something that they they're not capable of at the moment yeah no I I, I agree with you Mikey and look I think that that's the word the all action style I was actually expecting a bit of a return to that in in this league because I just felt that it was an opportunity for them as well as trying the new players to try different um, elements and to add stuff to their game plan. But it's very much, you know, all more of the same. Um, they're taking a lot of shark kickouts. They, they don't seem to be, I didn't see the, the game against Clare, but certainly against Cork, they weren't as aggressive on the opposition kickout as they normally were. It's pedestrian. It's a lot of, um, you know, possession-based football, which you said, look, They've won four out of four, so you can't argue with it yeah. that much mm. either. It's for for Desi Farland, the lads, it's a results-based business and they're getting the results, but you just question going forward, going going deep into the championship, will they need it, uh, something different? Um, I, for one, just think that with, with Conor Callahan inside in the full forward line, I can't understand why they aren't mm. more direct at times, why they aren't using him, because... He's the you best ball-winning full forward in the country. One thing, arguably. the one thing, the one thing yeah. I and I and I, the one thing I think is 
uh, worth mentioning on that front because I, I was in, as I said, I was in there and I was watching him. I just spent a good chunk of the game just watching him. And um, something, I, I don't know, since I don't know how serious the injury was that he had. And I don't know since he has come back. Wouldn't wouldn't go so far as to say is is he the same player? How has it debilitated him in some way? He doesn't look to me like he's got the same type of dynamism that he had before the injury. Now, obviously, um, it's still very very early. Like he's only three or four games in, so it may be the case that he is trying to find a little bit more form or a little bit more match fitness, match sharpness, and that that will come in time. They kick one early ball in which in fairness, um, the clear defender broke and then they just stopped. They just stopped after that. And I don't know, it was it the case that he didn't really feel like he was going to show? Was it very, very difficult? They had Keen or D pretty much sat in front of him, which makes it very difficult. But look, it's not something that he hasn't been used to in the past, whereby he has to shake that sweeper and still make himself available for that dirty 30-70. Um, but I, 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 that was a big thing for me on Saturday night to see, would they try and get it into him a little bit more? And yeah, I don't know. I just, 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 uh, like the, the, the man has played an awful lot of GAA where there's hurling or football and for his club counties, a lot done at a very, very young age and. You know, I just think maybe a you're small not writing more... him off now. No, I wouldn't write him off, <laughs> but I think I think a little bit more patience on that front, and um, I, you you'd hope that he'd get back to his best. But yeah, he's just struggling. I think a little bit at the minute just mm -hmm. to get up to that match sharpness and match pitch. And what what was the mood like, Rory, among the? It was very interesting. Swimming around. Club. It was. Do you know? I'm glad you asked that because one thing one thing that actually did strike me from the outset was the size of the crowd. I mean, I know people have mentioned that Parnell Park would be better for these games. With the two games spread across maybe Saturday and Sunday. It was a brilliant. It was a brilliant afternoon evening. I mean, I took a gang of kids in as well, and they loved it. But it was never more apparent to me about how Dublin really do need their own sort of 20k stadium, you know, like something that can take. Parnham Park is just simply too small. It is like you you can't have a situation where people are locked out of league games. And that's what you would do if you ended up moving to Parnell Park. I think it's too small for what they would need. Um, and the hill, the hill were gas, like the hill were like this old man sitting up on a ditch now and not too sure about whether or not we're <laughs> going to give this team. They were mute. It, they, didn't, they didn't say a word, right? I never saw the hill. They just were totally silent until the 65th minute. And then they were sort of walking out of their stupor in, in, in almost like, Jesus, we could be beaten here. <laughs> and, all, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the hill took off. It was very, very funny. Like, they didn't actually catch fire, really, until about five minutes to go. And But, um, yeah, it was it's, 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 it was still a very good atmosphere, given, obviously, just the lower tiers open. But, it, yeah, I think, you know, would I know the whole um, Spawell thing is after falling through because of planning. And yeah, that's I, they a made, saga. They, yeah, but, like, it's... It was never more apparent again, given the game wasn't on TV. It was a reasonably good crowd, given the the two fixtures, and yeah, they just need they need uh, something a little bit in uh, in the in between size. Whether that's a municipal stadium, 
get involved with the council. Shelburne need a new ground and Bowes and all these types of teams and maybe Jesus. rugby, I don't know, but yeah, you're, dangerous you're, one. You're, you're opening it to the beans on them on the order, aren't you? Um, or, or they need a football team that can attract 40,000 people to a league match in February again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the other option. I don't know which yeah, is more expensive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Eamon, it's next um, Saturday evening, five o'clock in uh, Celtic Park is going to be very interesting. I think it's I watched this game, as I said yesterday, um, and Derry were not flattered in the slightest by the 215-7 to um, scoreline. The, the one thing I would say about Derry, who were impressive for front to back, is that their full forward line need to kind of um, channel their inner gooch and stop trying to blast the ball to the net and just pass it in because they drilled a couple straight at Mark Donald. Mark Donald did very well. A couple of the saves were excellent, but a couple of them, he couldn't have got out of the way of them if he tried. They kind of... Uh, on one occasion it was Heron and another it was Lachlan kind of went for power but the fact of the matter is they are creating an awful lot of chances and in particularly in Shane McGuigan who is um he's just operating on a, a, another plane again from last year I think they just they have forwards who can punish teams and they are so solid at the back and so mean they just like we were saying this this time last year as well we just said this team are this team are something else and incredibly fit Rory, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, how do you, at the moment, I couldn't put money on Dublin for next Saturday night. I couldn't, I, could, I think it would be money thrown away at the moment. And that's an odd thing to say. No, definitely not. I think no. uh, in terms of the farm team, it is Derry. And I, I think they're in a very similar situation this time last year, Mikey. And I think Rory Gallagher will be beating that drum this week that, you know, it was towards the end of the league that they had a the couple of slip ups um, up in Hyde Park and Roscommon in particular and it cost them promotion in the end and you know they've been very vocal with their determination to get into Division 1 this year that's the next step for them they won the Ulster Championship last year which was obviously a massive step in their development um, to get into Division 1 now and be playing those Division 1 teams week in week was the next step that they want to take so uh, because of that and because of the way they are playing and because of the way Dublin are playing, you'd really fancy Derry uh, next um, next next uh, Saturday evening. But having said that, like I said, the Dubs, with the likes of McCarthy, McCaffrey, having got game time under their belt, they'll be going up there. And, you know, they've been kind of going through the motion so far. But a game like this against a team that they will see as a threat, not only in the league, but as a threat possibly in the championship, Dublin are good in those situations at wanting to put down markers. So I think we learn more about uh, Dublin maybe next weekend in Derry. We kind of know where Derry are at, but we'll see now. Can can Dublin go up a couple of notches when when they're faced with uh, a foe that they might might figure could be could be in their in their line of fire later on in the season again? Yeah, Rory. Um, we were kind of saying you know Derry probably need to you know. Like like Dublin aren't doing at the moment. They probably need to add a player or two from last year just to kind of you know another string to their bow, etc. At fullback, they've this young fella Owen McAvoy who is a teenager, as far as I know. <laughs> he was in school last year. Um, he's playing fullback, uh, in a Derry fullback line. He doesn't look like a teenager playing. He doesn't look out of sorts, and he also got up for a point, and it was a fantastic point as well. That you know, Paul Cassidy kind of, kind of toyed with the ball on the sideline for as long as he possibly could. The next thing. On the underlap comes this guy McAvoy at, at pace, takes the ball, runs on, scores his point. Um, they, you know, they are kind of regenerating ever so slightly. Um, and then they have players who I think are probably in, uh, better already than they were last. I think Niall Toner has been mm-hmm. spoken of as being 
one of the most informed kind of wing forwards in the country. So, like, it's just another way of saying that like, Rory Gallagher is doing a really, really good job. They have, they have a good pick. And I mean, if you look at probably, actually, just Mikey, I didn't see this game, but I was just hmm. curious, would Ted Cassidy have the socks up again yesterday? Uh, I, I believe they may have been up at the start. Oh, anyway. yeah. Okay, no, inevitable, Rory. Yeah. yeah, I love the socks up, but uh, <laughs> the um, the they won a couple. They won a minor <laughs> a couple of years ago. I think they've uh, a very healthy record in the McCrory Cup, which uh, with with St. Pat's and Mahara, they've got they have a they seem to have a very good uh, committee in situ, and they're doing an awful lot of really good work underage. Um. I'd also hark back now. I, the Kieran McFall, I think, was one of their best players in last year's league campaign. Now I know he went to America. You know, there's another uh, body that could obviously make a big make make a bit of a difference. But I think right across the board, they have had um, they like look they, they are in a great place. Like uh, I think you summed it up perfectly at the start. They're a Division One team. Two, they're better than probably three or four of the teams in Division One. Really, if truth be told, I can't see anything other than Dublin or Derry both getting promoted at this stage. And I think the really interesting angle in Division Two is you could take basically take your look. Limerick are probably gone, but the other, the other team that will probably be relegated, it's it's anyone of the five now at this stage, which is yeah, right. and which is often often the way it is in Division Two. Kill Kildare. Look poor now. I have to say, yeah, you do have yeah, to what's balance going it against. On? What's going on in Kildare? You, what's going on there? It's... They, 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 they just they looked a bit. They looked a bit all at sea, and especially in attack, they were just they were taking silly shots constantly. I think there was a bit of a wind in Newbridge, but in that case, get closer to the goal, play a bit more like Jim Gavin's Dublin. They didn't do any of that. I... Sticking with Leinster, it's a tale of woe thus far, really. But um, at least the neighbours allow the mead played out a clinker, and we need to get your considered opinion, Eamon, on the controversial Kieran Lennon goal. And I'm, I'm assuming you saw it, did you? His did. 70, 80 yard run, which yeah. finished with a either a miscontrol in a hop or a double hop, depending on on your point of view. But you know, it wouldn't be a good loud me game. To me, all right, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, wouldn't I be a good loud was... me goal without a, con- a game without a controversial goal. I suppose. Yeah, there has to be there has to be a bit of controversy and a bit of uh, evening of the books was at this time. But uh, <laughs> no, I felt that he kind of lost control because of the half a tackle, and then he he took the he took the hop. But what a goal it was! Like, I mean, the interception and to be able to keep the foot down the whole way. Uh, you know, while the meat backs were chasing back after him, and then at the end of it all, when his legs must have been like jelly at that stage, to be able to have the composure to take that hop and uh, and finish it so so brilliantly. But uh, it was a fair sucker punch for meat, having led for most of the game up to that point. But uh, it was a great goal, and like I said, great composure at the end. I'd have given them the benefit of the of the doubt anyway, Mikey. But uh, just before we move on from Derry as well, the point about McAvoy full back, I've been very impressed with him as well. But it's also freed up Rogers to go to mm. midfield full yeah. time, That's and right. like he's brilliant out there from the point of view of the pace he brings on the ball. He's brilliant at carrying ball and punching mm. holes, and he often kind of makes that initial line break that gets their attack in motion. So I think that's another benefit of having McAvoy mm. in there, and they're trusting him, and he's been playing excellent so far. So he's a ma- he's a major find for them both from the full-back point of view, but also free, freeing up Rodgers. But uh, 
No, I'd have given I'd have given Lennon the benefit of the doubt with the goal anyway and the, yeah. the out game. I said Kieran Lennon, sorry, it's Craig Lennon. Um Rory, I, I I was a little bit I'm a little bit harsher, I thought, perhaps. If you miscontrol it and drop the ball, should your next you know, should your next action not be a solo instead of a hop? You know, just to avoid like, because, you know, a, another referee might have blown you, whether he's mm. okay or not. Just it's a bit risky. But you could probably even allow a controlling hop, which I think it can does a controlling hop allow you even uh, a, a full hop afterwards? I remember a referee once telling me that you could actually control hop the ball. You know, like if it's a control, like a basketball, mm, you could, yeah. you could, you could literally do that from one end of the field to mm. the next. Yeah, and, uh, Tri- tricky with an O'Neill's on perfectly grass. Legal, <laughs> actually, perfectly legal to do that, which is, it's just a funny one. I like you'd have to. What it, what it does do though, I think there's two aspects to it. I think it probably shows. On one level, the two points that I think Cork will feel extremely sore about dropping to Meath on the first day, um, which I think had they not, uh, would be right in the mix now potentially for promotion, even though, look, I don't think they're at Derry's level. No, they have had that match at home and you wouldn't know. But um, And it just blows open, wide open, the potential for anybody now to get relegated. It was... Arguably, the result of the weekend, um, that may be Wicklow beating Leash. I don't know. I think it was a real, um, it was a real stand up and take notice type result because a massive crowd in Navin, which is another big feature this weekend, just gone particularly in football, incredible crowd, and uh, obviously a derby feel to the whole thing. And yeah, Key Hart, Oracle once again, you know. Yeah, I, I just quick, we won't have time really for Division 4 today, but quickly, I was actually writing a caption or a headline or something yesterday, and I was saying Wicklow's uh, shock win over Leash. And I said, hang on, didn't Wicklow score five goals against Leash in the Championship last year and beat them by six? They did. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it sh- shocks a little bit. It would be a little bit harsh, but it was, uh, it was a good win, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, away from home. Away from home. Away from Leash, home. And Leash yeah. the farm team, I think it was an upset. It, an upset, but shock, shock is a bit much. I, I must do justice to my um, my uh, adopted county here and say that they 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 do they have Leash's number at the moment. Um, we won't leave Division Two, Roy, without a mention of the uh, six goal heroes. Um, the, the, those boo boys down in Parky Queen had very little to be booing about yesterday. Anyway, did yeah. they six eighteen yeah. to twelve points? Look, I think, on Limerick. Well, well, like you know, look, I think Limerick are probably. Um, overachieved by gaining promotion into Division 2 and they've had a fair bit of work to do a change in management as well you know there's always uh, you know a new, new new style new system and a very very competitive Division 2 and you know look I suppose they were a bit out of their depth yesterday I think from Cork's perspective I think it's a positive because I think scoring average could be massive you know if teams are level on if more than t- more than two, three, two. If three, you can get into Sam Maguire on points difference. You know, you know, like scoring and Cork scoring average is good, and I think that's probably the big two big things from Cork's perspective. Yesterday, Connor Corbett scoring a couple of goals. He's um, the great white hope, I suppose, in a forward sense. In that, like, if he can show the kind of form that we saw from him at underage level and bring that to senior, stay injury free, get a good consistent run, I think we've a, a real star in the making. And um, yeah, just racking up a good big score because I think six scoring... from play for Chris Oak Jones. Chris Oak Jones, yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah, like he'll have stiffer tests. I think 
do Corbett coming on to still get to, I think it'd be good for his confidence. Um, and then, you know, look, your hope. And then in that sense, if you could get Cahill Manny back, you'd have a really good sextet of forwards that you wouldn't be so dependent on Hurley and Sherlock. But uh, they'll have it all to do up in Ennis next weekend. I'm telling you now, they'll have it all to do. Yeah, until the last five minutes, probably. Yeah. Um, Eamon, <laughs> it's the hope that will kill him. Go on, tell us, yeah. tell us over there in Kerry, you're, you're looking east and you're a bit worried. As soon as Kerry fellas start talking up Cork, uh, everyone switches off. Mike, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it would no, be more for no, me than the listeners, yeah, that's yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I was impressed with them last weekend against Dublin and... Uh, there, there's definite again you're looking for progress and you're looking for the graph in the right yeah. direction and it definitely is and Connor Corbett very much is the great white hope but I, I've since seeing him at under under 20 level he's he's going to be the real deal alright and yeah. uh, you know even the way he carved out Hurley's last second chance against the Dubs the last day scored two goals Chris Old Jones played very well against the Dubs, but he didn't kind of impact in the scoreboard. But to get six points yesterday would be great for his confidence as well. So, um, and I and I've mentioned it before. Look, the Kevin Welch factor is huge as well, yeah. especially the further on it goes, the more time he has with the team, and the deeper into the season they go, his experience will become more and more important. So. Uh, yeah, no, we're keeping a close eye in them, all right, Mikey, don't worry. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Okay, we will move on to Division 1, and I think we have to start with Mayo again. It's, mm. not, you know, it's, not, it's not like we, we always want to talk about Mayo, but they're making themselves very hard to ignore at the moment, Eamon. Last week, Rory made a kind of a lovelorn attempt to remove Lee Keegan from RG's employee for some reason and get him back in a Mayo jersey. And in response, uh, Lee kind of dismissed Rory, Rory thinks he's just delayed him, but he's kind of dismissed him. But in response on the field, Enda Hessian uh, put in a goal-scoring <laughs> performance like from fullback. It was like yeah, exactly. And it wasn't just a goal, Damon. It was a dream goal. It was a goal any inside four. We were here talking about Shane McGuigan and Benny Heron, etc. Any of them did this, they'd be talking about it for years. It was a phenomenal goal. Yeah, it was a brilliant goal. And obviously, he had a huge hand in the first goal as well, Nate Noche's goal. Yeah. So he had a great game and he played... He played well against Kerry the previous week as well. He forced the, the turnover from the kickout um, for who got that goal. James Carr got the goal mm. the previous week. So he's having a great season in the Hessian. He kind of, we saw, well, I saw him first of all in the second half of that All-Ireland semi-final win over Dublin. And he probably stalled a small bit last year, but he's really driving it on this year. But his finish was incredible. And all I was wondering afterwards was, was it instinctive or is it something that he actually practices that he has this dummy solo? But uh, Mark Shea always had a great dummy solo that he did practice a good bit, but it looked to be an instinctive finish, but it was brilliant, brilliant goal. And uh, Mayo are going really well. And look, you know, I hear people saying, how's Kevin McStay going to keep a lid in it? And how's he going to calm expectations? Well, he can't and he won't be able to. It's as simple as that. Expectations are going to be huge in Mayo because of the way they're going. But from their perspective inside in the group, all they can do is keep doing what they're doing. They're playing great stuff. They're improving. They're still making plenty of mistakes and everything else. But in terms of their structure, personnel, fitness, attitudes, work rate, all of the things that you'd be looking for as, as a manager, as a management team are there at the moment. They're getting the results. So um, 
there's a long way to go, but they really do. They remind me the way Kerry were this time last year. They were mm. just very, they were in a great place and they were getting the job done. Great energy around them. And um, yeah, they're, as as always, they're a compulsive watch, but um, they're, yeah, they look good. I like this. You say Mark O'Shea had a dummy solo that he practiced, and now we see Enda Hessian. Is this like a dark secret of cornerbacks? I can imagine <laughs> Francie Bellew above a train and practicing his dummy solo. Um, it's a stretch, no, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> with someone with someone's head. Um, <laughs> uh, no offense, Francie. Please, I, I love you. Please don't hurt me. Um, love Francie Bellew. Anyway. Mayo, Rory, the now all we're thinking of is that Eamon O'Shea is going to deploy the parachutes at any moment, stop winning games, stop winning games. I don't want to make it to a league final. And uh, they're going to, are we going to see the Mayo intermediate team come out now in the next couple of weeks to ensure that happens? Oh, it's, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the final few games play out in this league and whether or not managers do pull the handbrake up. And I do hear people say, well, how do you do that? And I've heard other people mention, you know, oh, sure, look, we went to every game we just played, but like the, the managers can do it, you know, you can do it through your team selection. Mm -hmm. You can do it through, diff, you know, there's just ways and means that you can run up Croke Patrick on Thursday night. There's yeah, a way to do it. Yeah, and you can shift emphasis very, very quickly. I'd like to ask Eamon, right, and a bit of a curveball. If there was one team in Ireland, aside from Kerry, that you could take, right now to manage who would it be right now Cork I suppose really. <laughs> <laughs> um, get us relegated back down to division three <laughs> uh, who well I think look you're you if you were being clever about it you'd be looking at the top of the table you'd be saying Mayo sure mm. of course would be great to be involved with at the moment Derry would be absolutely a great team to be involved with at the moment um, any of the teams have momentum and going well, but like, Wexford had a good win over Waterford at the weekend, Eamon. There's, <laughs> there's plenty of room um, for, for improvement. You could do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'll stick with Mayo. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the but but like the thing about pulling the handbrake, I I wrote I wrote a small bit about that in the in the Examiner on Saturday. I I don't know. I don't know about it. I I really? think even if you're involved in a club team, a school team. If you have momentum and you're going well, it's one of the hardest things in sport to get, and yeah. you don't want to mess with that. Yeah. You like you it's you, a fair point, you yeah. like when you when you're going in the right direction, you want to keep try winning. Like I put out the the counter argument of, are you are you as well have to go and try and win the league and go absolutely pedal to the metal, then take the provincial championship as it comes. If you happen to stay going as you are, great, and you end up winning it, brilliant. But if you don't you'll end up with three or four weeks off in the lead into the group stages. And you Idea. actually have a bit of a gap to deload, gather yourself and go again and give players a bit of a break, even psychologically from getting up for games every single week. And uh, I, I I wonder, there's the only downside to that argument is you are going to be seed three in the group stages because one and two is going to be taken up with the provincial finalists. But I think that... If you've won the league, you're going really well and you're happy where you're at. You have a couple of weeks to freshen up and gather yourselves. I think you're going to come into the group stages full of confidence anyway. And you won't mm. mind who you're taking on or what seed you are. So I just wonder, is that argument there as well? Like to oh, win, very much. Yeah, it is. To win, to win national silverware and to win 
especially in any of the divisions because they're all so even. But to win the Division One National League, you know, it's not to be sniffed yeah. at. It. I would have thought that was the kind of a logical way of thinking as well. But in fairness, Kevin McStay, as soon as he got the job, he said number one priority, you know, is to it was provincial. Like he, he was he was aiming at the college championship. And Kevin, having sat here, having Rory explain. Uh, championship structures to him for a couple of years knew well what the structure was and he still said he was going for it. we better push out just a word in throne um because i see a few people at edward mcgrail local journalist up in mayo he said for the second week rowing running we can't get carried away with ourselves in mayo because for the second week running the team we played against have been just abjectly poor to a point where with kerry at least you can say that was just an off week they they were training, Jack Connor was trying something new, whatever like that. But with Tyrone now at this stage, you're getting to the point of wondering, Eamon, if actually, if, you know, they're just stuck in a rut. You look at their scores, in fairness, McCurry and Canavan did what they're supposed to do. They scored seven points between them. After that, of the starting team, Frank Burns got two points and your goalkeeper gets three. Like Shane that's... has two points in the league so far. They, they can't score, Eamon. They just seem, I think it was Peter Canavan said here last week, he said they're very, they're, they're gone back to being a reactive team where they just try and soak up pressure and then get the ball. And it just, it's, there's no spark at the moment, is there? No, that's the thing. There's no spark. And I, I think it's actually, the scoring thing obviously is an issue for them all right at the moment. But I think the more alarming thing for them is their, their work rate and their, you know, which is kind of central to the Tyrone identity, or at least it has been for the Bones of 20 years, where they really work very hard for each other. They harass, they chase back, they're good in breaking ball, they're good at disrupting the opposition. And, you know, they're always very hard to play against. And then on top of that, when they have the ball, they have serious footballers. But at the moment, like, I mean, Dermot O'Connor's goal, I know it was at the end of the game and everything else, but that was that, that's the opposite of what you'd expect of Tyrone, that he was just able to go straight through the middle. A couple of fellas ran out of his way. The Tyrone backs went with them, whereas normally there'd be that collective nature where they'd all be going to the point of danger and trying to help each other and everything else. So I think um, I think uh, Brian Dewar and, and uh, Fergal Logan will be more worried about that. And then I do think that when you get that side of the game right, the scoring will come and... You know, Derek Hanavan and McCurry are playing okay. Kyle McShane still hasn't got back to... His confidence just seems to be quite low at the moment. And, you know, with a forward, a game or two, that can turn around. And I think the further on we go, we'll probably see more of the likes of Rory Canavan. So I think they'll be okay up top eventually. But for me, it's their 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 lack of work rate, really, at the moment, is a thing that, from the outside looking in, seems to be a bit of a change. Mm. Uh, better news for another uh, for their neighbours Rory Donegal who who got a point against Galway um, yeah. yet again they didn't win in Letterkenny but at least they didn't lose and this is a very odd game again I watched oh, it all um, I found it a tedious watch Mikey I yeah really Donegal yeah. 1-6 in the first half yeah. and they didn't score until the 67th minute mm-hmm. in the second half um, and then they reeled off three points to almost win it. It would have been criminal. You're right. It, it, it was a tough enough watch. And I think for the second week in a row, uh, Matthew Tierney was kind of the, the reason to watch this match. The guy, like, I watched that match with him. And then I watched Shane McGuigan for Derry. And you're kind of thinking, these two lads are, they're, they're, they're just operating on a different plane to most at the yeah. moment. But Galway were very, if you watch it right, Gal- Galway were very listless in the first half. They just seemed to let Donegal have the ball, and that suited Donegal, who have good long range scorers. 
it was a strange match and then Donegal disappeared for the second half and came back in the last five minutes but after the match it was only a snapshot it might have meant a whole lot I haven't seen quotes yet but Park Joyce was kind of out in the field with a with a smile on his face and his opposite number uh, had a face like thunder I don't think I think Donegal were definitely targeting two points here I found uh, as I said I found it like it's okay to say sometimes that a match is a bad is a bad game. I didn't really think this was very good. Um, it At least it was close. <laughs> it was Derry Kildare after was worse. I tell you, it, yeah. I mean that's probably as much as you could say for it. It was two teams set up very similarly. Um, it just lacked something. Um, the obvious absence of was the star quality. Um, they're missing for both teams, and maybe that was it. Um, maybe it was the early throw in. Maybe it was the fact it was a lovely day in the Northwest. It normally isn't uh, <laughs> unusual this time of the year. Maybe it's two teams very tentative and unsure of their form and fortune at this time of the year. It just lacks something. And given the league position for both teams, I was surprised. Donegal's execution in the final third, dropping short, wrong options at times, stuff that you can't tidy up. You know, just disappointed really in the lack of adventure in both teams. It played out, I felt, with kind of the air of a challenge match at times. You know, instead of a game where the two teams are potentially scrapping for their lives, and I think they both got what they deserved in the end, which is a point each. Yeah, like I don't think poor Joyce is. You know, they're on four points now. Another, another win maybe from their last couple of uh, last three games, and they'll be they'll be safe enough. He didn't seem too perturbed, and um, you know, after a tough match against Tyrone in awful conditions, maybe maybe the challenge match feel would suit. Would that would that happen? Would you say like you? Not like we were just talking about it earlier, taking the handbrake off. Perhaps it's not something you say or anything before the match, but you go out and it's how the match pans out. It pans out as not being the most intense affair ever. This is how that one kind of tended to play out, which I think Galway wouldn't have minded, but you got the sense Donegal really needed a, a two-point win. I suppose from Donegal's perspective, it was a home game and they were just saying that if they had got the win, it would have put them in a good place but they could easily have got nothing out of it at the end because mm-hmm. Paul Conroy is normally such a brilliant kicker you know yeah, it was a tough one that one it, it, you would have expected him nearly to kick it but mm-hmm. anyway the the Galway could have could have ended up with the two points but I think look with Padre Joyce he's from the point of view again he's thinking big picture and he's thinking much further down the line he wants to stay in division one he's getting the likes of Peter Cook Ian Burke you know all those players back into it yeah. They're getting points in the board without Shane Welch, without Damian Comer at the moment. And Matthew Tierney is going to another level. He's he's flourishing in the fact that he has to be the man now while the lads are away. And when they come back into the mix, then he's progressed and he's gone further down the road because, geez, he was outstanding again yesterday for yeah. the second week in a row. Really, really good. So um, I think that's what would have been pleasing for, for Padraig Joyce, uh, uh, Mikey, that's... You know, it's another point closer to safety. He knows that they're going really well. Um, I think they'll be still looking at the high balls in against them, though. That yeah. it's still it's still an issue that's causing them difficulties, and it's something I I imagine they're probably working on all the time, but they haven't had started out yet. And if they're if they're going to go a step further than they did last year, it's definitely something that they'll probably have to start out. Yeah. Well. Answers on the postcard what the penalty was for. Marty suggested a throw ball last night. I got I'm the sorry, impression. Yeah, it, was my thing, but yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure. I got the impression. Maybe David Coldridge just looked at it and said, This is a mess. He's probably been shoved into the goal. I'll give a penalty. But then when you watch it back, Rory, it did look like there may, well, may have been a throw ball, whether it came before or after the whistle, though, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, and in fairness, look, he, I, I think he's one of the best referees out there. Coldrick, he, he very rarely gets anything wrong. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, it was just one of those ones where you're kind of saying, I don't know, I don't know, like it didn't look like a throw to me, but it looked like he kind of pushed the ball out, but it's split second decision. He's making these decisions in real time as well. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, just a quick mention. Uh, I, I, we were nearly out of time. I'll just say Monaghan were always going to beat Ross Common. I think that was a, that was a very safe bet, a very impressive performance, and uh, their forwards are purring. So that's just to mention that. And then just to say, Eamon, then on on your own crowd, um, made to work very hard, which I suppose you would have expected. Um, twelve points. You know, definitely as you said, not in. Not in the place Mayo are now, where Kerry were last year, as you said, but I'm guessing you're not overly concerned either. Jack O'Connor seems to be kind of a, he said at the outset, just stay in Division 1, I'll be happy enough, we're two months behind everybody else, and that seems to be a get-out-of-jail card for pretty much everything at the moment, is it? A big time, and look, it, I was a bit disappointed with the game, to be honest, uh, mm. Mikey. I, I was expecting a, a different type of game. I wasn't mm. expecting it to be as tactical and I wasn't expecting Armagh to be as defensive as they were and look that that's that's their right I I just felt that they could have offered a bit more on the ball because Kerry were were vulnerable as well after the previous weekend and they were there was always going to be a response but at the same time I felt it was a chance for Armagh to go to go at Kerry Uh, but yeah Kerry would be delighted and I, I actually found it funny afterwards talking to some of the Armagh people I thought that they might have been a bit disappointed in Armagh and they were actually saying, look, we managed to keep David Clifford quiet and we managed to kind of shut Kerry out at the back. So they were they were happy enough with it. But um, look, from, from Kerry's point of view, every weekend it's a big game because Tyrone now next weekend up there is a huge game um, because if Tyrone were to beat Kerry, they're up level on points with Kerry on the four points and they have it on the head-to-head. Whereas if, if Kerry win that game next weekend, they're 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 in great shape really for the rest of the league. They could try and kick on and go towards the league final or you know consolidate their position. But the main thing was the result on on Saturday evening for Kerry, and they they got that and two points in the board, and you move on. Yeah, a, a little bit of drama at the end, Roy, but it was it was a little bit of a humdrum affair. I, I and I think for the for the David Clifford groupies, it wasn't it wasn't the match for them. He you know four points. All from freeze, a desk shocking performance, shocking. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it'll probably be something that will become a potential weapon for Kerry. People maybe perceive it as a weakness in that they're double and triple teaming him at mm. times. I mean, every time he was picking up the ball, you it was hilarious. Like there was like a, a platoon of Armagh lads chasing him, and I think that's something that Kerry like it'll be tricky to figure it out. But I think. No one carry they will. If there's three or four lads chasing one guy, there must be lots of free people somewhere else, you know. And I just felt at times that maybe Kerry didn't get enough bodies forward. That you know, like the, the, mm. the lads that are loose, the lads that are free, the lads that are available, the the heat that Clifford has drawn. I think that will be something that they could take advantage of further down the line. I think yeah. their attitude and aggression was was impressive there was none of the passive passivity that we saw last week in castle bar and um yeah i think it was uh 
Uh, Jason Foley had a blinder. Yeah, exactly. Um, Armagh lived on scraps, maybe, especially in the first half. Kerry really good in possession, even though they didn't really, you know, um, they didn't really work the scoreboard as they normally do. But I think in terms of the attitude and the work rate and how much they got stuck in and Ockhambor, I thought, was busy around the middle. I think there'd be loads in that. And it was the kind of game, I think Eamon mentioned on commentary, that if you win, you'll take loads from because it was just one of those ones that you had to eke out. And I think Kerry did that. And I think it's a really good mm. um, portent of things to come for them. Yeah, you know? We're just, we're just finished now. Uh, Eamon, that um, using Clifford as a decoy, I think that wasn't something you tried with Fossa much this year, was it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, give him the ball, let him at it. Uh, no, but there, there was one of the early scores, Rory's right, that one of the early scores, Dara Roach point, the the platoon of bodies did go towards David and he moved it away in quick hands. They shifted it from one side to the, the opposite and Dara Roach kicked a great point. So it, it absolutely will be something that, you know, if if he's he, he's clever enough and Jack oh, is yeah. clever enough that if he's getting a lot of attention, he'll move the ball away from there then and let the other lads at it. So it's something to look at. But um, it, no, it, was, it wasn't a tactic we looked at too much with Fossa at all. Uh, <laughs> Shocking that. Okay, um, I'll let you get back to your whiteboard of tactics there, Dave, and you can work on that one, and we'll chat to you again soon. Uh, we'll okay. be back in a moment with Shane McGrath to discuss hurling. Thank you. Well, Shane, how are we getting on? Very good, Mikey. Very good, Rory. Monday morning. We're all in great form. So. Ba- bad weekend yes. for the Leinster team, Shane. No comment, Rory. No comment. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going at it from the go from the get go, are we, Rory? Right. Uh, sure. No, no, no. I'm only, um, I'm only having a laugh. No, alas, we do have to. We do have to talk about it. Look, I I'll say right now, I do try to watch everything. I did not watch the highlights of Clare six twenty five Wexford one eighteen. I haven't heard from my father yet, who would usually send me a text saying, "You know, we're shite. We're at nothing this year." I don't think he even he didn't even have the heart to do that. And my 81-year-old mother went to the match with my seven-year-old nephew. I don't know what happened to the two of them. I hope they're alive. I hope they're okay. Um, a bad, bad day. Another person who was in Wexford Park was Shane McGrath, mm. probably with a big shit-eating grin on his monster face, laughing, oh. laughing, laughing. Um, Shane, um, so you, you said Wexford came out to Thunderstruck, and that was the high point. I think that they may possibly have been struck by lightning or something uh, as they came out of the dressing room. In, in in your expert opinion, what the hell happened? Um, what happened was I, I sum it up quickly. No, I genuinely wasn't going down hoping, you know, to what happened yesterday. I know happened. I'm only messing with you. No, no. Uh, I'll tell you why. What about what about a very good friend of mine is the expert manager. We 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 lived together in college and uh, we're in the same line of work there in the in with the Department of Education as principal of the primary school. So look, I I really did feel from yesterday. I I felt like that it wasn't all on the management yesterday. And that's not just not just because I know Dara so well. I just felt there was absolutely there was zero effort. Like there was no regardless of who you who you have or who you don't have in life or in sport or athletics, like if you don't try like what hope have you? And I just felt that yesterday there was just no there was no effort there really from a lot of the Wexford guys. And Dara was very honest in his interview after the game. He said, look for for some of these guys, newer guys come in and they were trying to put up their hand, and yesterday was their chance, and they said that that might be their chance gone, and I suppose that's the nature of inter-county stuff, and I thought it was a very honest thing to say, because let's be honest, lads, that's the way it is at top level, if if you're kind of a, a newer fish, and you're coming in, and you want to stake a claim, and look, I was just going through 
the Wexford team, Mikey, from when you bet Kilkenny last year, which would have been like your performance of the year last year, in mm. my opinion. So you're, you're missing nine off that team, right? Shane D. O'Keefe, Roy O'Connor, Matt Hanlon, Mark Fennon, Simon Dunhu, Liam Ryan, Paddy Foley, Kevin Foley. Okay. Um, Simon so Dunhu was playing yesterday, but I, I think. Oh, sorry, point. sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll scratch yeah. that one. So, so you're missing, you're missing a, a, a large chunk of it, okay? Yeah. Re- regardless of that, the lads, the lads that were there just didn't put it in. And we were there. And it was just from the crowd and everything. They were so disappointed with, with the team, you know. I mean, some people would blame management, some people would blame players. I put it to you like this, right? Um, for the whole game yesterday, uh, the Wexford half back line scored more points from play than nearly all the Wexford forward line did combined. So the Wexford half back line scored three points from play yesterday. And the Wexford forward line as a whole unit, they scored four points from play. And they were they were like a couple of those points were like finishing up the game with yeah. That happened last year on a number of occasions while well, I remember noting yeah. it. Yeah, it's not good when you're half four no, your half back line is fours and chief. Jack O'Connor didn't score from play yesterday, but he spent most of the game around around half back line on David Fitzgerald. Um so that's maybe something they're looking to down the road, but I mean you know the scoring threat Jack O'Connor is. Look, uh, that that was Wexford. They're missing a lot of bodies, they'll have a lot of soul searching to do. I think their their next game is, is Cork now. And in Limerick and, and Cork and Limerick just, away to finish, yeah, and nice and handy. I actually their next home game is, is until April 29th against Antrim. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll have played Galway and Salt Hill by then. So look, it's 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 a tricky few games now coming up. Really, it is for the Wexford. Like he, I think what he, what Dara and the Wexford lads learned yesterday is they just don't have that depth in their panel that the top teams have. They just they just don't have it. Like they can't afford to be missing seven eight guys. Um. And that was very evident yesterday. So look, that's Wexford. They'll have a lot of soul search to do when they need the bodies back. If I just talk about Clare and how efficient they were, right, lads? Their first 15 shots they took at the goal. 15 scores. They scored 312 with their first 15 shots. Like, I mean, regardless of who you're playing, that's some efficiency. Like, they, they were a wounded animal coming down there now yesterday as well after what happened against Limerick in the Gaelic Grounds. They had a much, much stronger team on paper. If I compare their team to, the, to the, their performance of the year last year was the Munster final, they were down four, only down four that team. Uh, and one of them was their goalkeeper, um, who was replaced by Eamon Foody. So Ava Quilligan was in goals last year, was final. Eamon Foody was in goals yesterday. He was brilliant. He made a brilliant save. His puckouts were good. He was hitting space. He scored a point. You know, so that's, so you could say three outfield players. But the massive thing for Clare this year, lads, is Aidan McCarthy is back. Mm. For 110 yesterday, he's in serious, serious form. Um, you know, they just they, they they have a bit of a depth in their panel now and they're a much stronger unit than last year. Shane O'Donnell was there, wasn't talked out. David McInerney has to come back. I think Brian Lowen is, is, is very, very happy after yesterday. And what an ideal game for John Conlon and Tony Kelly to come back in. You know, find your feet. You know, they had time, they had space, get back up to the level. The next day against Galvin will be a much tougher test for him, but a lovely game to come back in for Conlon and Tony Kelly. But yeah. they were at their ease, lads. They were at their ease. And uh, as I said, what I found very interesting actually was Clare had a massive breeze in the first half, lads. Peter Duggan, we all know, scorer-in-chief, big target guy. They brought him way, way out the field. And as a result, then, Wexford's call was, like, do, will we stick or twist? Like, will we, will we leave him out there and he's probably going to shoot from distance and score or will we go and mark him? They went and marked him and it actually suited Clare Grand because what they could do then was pick off space in front of Ian Galvin, David Reedy and Aidan McCarthy in there sometimes. So, you know, kudos to the Clare lads for, for that. Like, either way, it was it was... You know, with the opposition out there yesterday, it was probably going to work anyway. But yeah, yeah, you know, uh, an awful beat for the Wexford lads. Great, uh, a, a win for the Clare lads, and a bit of confidence back up before they play Galway. So 
That's yeah. all. That's all I could see about him. Like, you know. Well, you see, Rory, it hasn't worked out for us well the last couple of years. We beat we beat Clare in the league and then lose to him in an All Ireland quarter final or something. So we now we all know what's going to happen now. Wexford will gain revenge come the summer. That that's how it works, isn't it? No. Uh, <laughs> I think that that was the mother and father of Hydens yesterday. That can be hard to recover from. Uh, admittedly, as Shane has correctly pointed out, you were missing, you know, three quarters, three quarters more, three quarters of your starting team. So they might necessarily have the emotional or the the, the baggage and the scars that that beating w- will have inflicted yesterday. And you'd hope they're able to recover. I think, as Shane said, like Dar's a good, honest fella. And I'd say this will this will really rankle with them, but it's going to be, um, they're going to have to pick themselves up. They have no choice, really. It's It was it was a shocking display. I, I didn't see it. I only saw the highlights, obviously, last night, but it was a shocking display. I mean, six goals, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Shane, you, you, you know Darrett. He's a buddy of yours. How do you think he is going to approach this now? Because Roy said this, this could... This could be kind of not season ending, not to be dramatic, obviously, but like this can this could knock back fringe players to the point where, as you say, they never wear purple and gold again. And it could also just kind of knock the confidence of the group entirely ahead of two really tricky away fixtures to finish up the league. And they want to go into championship with some bit of momentum. So he's going to have to do something, isn't he? Oh, he is like he is, you know, and um, it'll, it'll be it'll be, you know, whether to get back training tomorrow night, maybe we did the weekend off. So. They might have a big sit down and have a chat about it, but you know they'll have a lot of the senior guys there to come back as well. But I mean, it is like regardless of who you have, or you don't have to to just not try, like or not put in the effort. Is it, it was the killing thing for for me being there yesterday and and for the Wexford people around me, like and like my Wexford fans are they're some of the Brilliant. best fans in the country. Brilliant. They really are through 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 thick and thin, like and um the big crowd from there yesterday in the cover standing across the way from us, and they were just so deflated going away yesterday that you know. They need they, they they want to see all their, their their best players out in the field. And like I think if the big learning for the Wexford manager was they have to have their best players out in the field. They can't not anymore now. Like real realistically, like go and play go to play Cork and go to play Limerick. And then your first round of the championship is above and salt hill against Galway. Like if you don't have ninety to ninety five percent of what you what you vision as your top fifteen championship fifteen, they they are going to struggle. I think that was a big learning for them yesterday. But like the like the work rate and everything was was poor lads. Oh god, it was like, mm. oh god, at one stage man was coming out with the ball, he stopped, he turned back, um, it but like as in it was, there was several times happened with the Wexford backs. They looked up, there was not none, there was no movement, and like like Tony Kelly like turned him over at one stage. He was coasting in on his own. He nearly put his he nearly could have stopped, looked, checked whereabouts in the slitter the chip was, <laughs> and then strike the pass over to 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 David Reedy in his hand. That's the kind of time and space they have. So that is that cannot be allowed. That's that can't be allowed at junior C level, mm. uh, in, in Tipperary, let alone at intercounty level, for lads to get that much time and space. That's just not trying. That's all that is. So look, there'll be a huge effort, but they really, really do need the lads back. And Dara will, Dara will lay it on the line. So I'm sure. And Niall Cochran there as well. You know, um, Willie clearly, Willie, Willie clearly is involved there as well. With him. And and I think Neil Neil is the other guy. And, like they'll, they'll, they'll have to have ask some serious questions of them and put it back on them now. Like, I think it's a great opportunity for the management now to put it back on the players the next day and say, look, we, we're, we're trying everything. We're trying to do everything so right here. We're trying to make everything right. This really is, I need the next day of performance now. Like, let's, let's see how much you want to play for Wexford, regardless of who they have or don't have. 
And look at Westmead they down in Cork, like in fairness, a yeah. totally experimental Cork side. But at least Rory, they went yeah. down and they tried, like. Uh, yeah, and they, they, made, they, were, they made it no. com- reasonably competitive, to be fair. Yeah. And that's all you can ask any team, really. All you can ask for any Leinster team, at least, lads. <laughs> <laughs> You're not drawing Shane in there. <laughs> no, no, he's been very careful, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the quasi Leinster team that is Galway, mm. and they didn't they didn't ship six goals, Shane. But um, they they weren't really at the races here either. From Watching a bit of it, then listening to um, commentary on Radio 1 on the way home, it was just like, it was a five-point win for Limerick, but, you know, even though I think Galway got within two towards the end, I, I think Limerick were relatively comfortable and had the chance to kind of withdraw a couple of their big guns, and you can see John Kiley and Henry Shefflin on the sideline, neither of them looking uh, terribly wound up about the whole affair. It's one of those league games where it doesn't, I don't think it, it don't think this one was a great advertisement for the league, particularly. No, uh, I I think I think it's worried for the rest of us lads that Limerick have now hammered Clare by six points, and I think in a way maybe they've kind of hammered Galway by five points, and people don't realise it. Like you know that these matches are a lot closer on the scoreboard than what they are in in open play in the field. That's my that's my opinion on it. Like I think uh, if Limerick were in if they were in standby mode this time last year, you know their that battery is getting is more and more charged the whole time. They it's strong there last year, you know, or strong there yesterday. Nine, uh, nine or ten guys out of the All Ireland fifteen there yesterday. So you know they're they're in a good place as well with injuries. But the difference with them is and everybody else is if one of those guys can't make it, we'll throw in one of these unbelievable young lads like yeah. and they'll just perform anyway. Like e.g. Shane O'Brien, like mm. you know, I mean Shane O'Brien outside All Ireland colleges and what he did for his club Kilmallock last year. To to a wider world of Galway people, you know, he 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 might be a kind of an unknown. Like he pops up there yesterday and he scores two points, looks at his ease, snapping ball over in the air. You know, they 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 start Will O'Donoghue yesterday and they say to Will, right, your shift is done after 60 minutes. Right, Adam English, you were you were excellent against Clare. Go in there now midfield and let's see what you have for 10 or 12 minutes. Like and mm. it's it's the likes of these guys, you know. We haven't even seen Carl O'Neill yet because he's injured. You know, he he's a guy that is when he does come back, he's gonna push on someone else as well. So that's the difference between Limerick and everyone else, lads. Yeah. If someone is missing for Limerick, someone else is coming in to do as good a job, if not better. Yeah, Declan Hannon, yes. Dan Morrissey and Sandra Mack was Dan Morrissey was outstanding <laughs> at Sandra Mack. Like, like lads, you know, I take Colin Coughlin there, like he he's flying as well, you know, but just can't seem to get in there at the minute mm. because of all the competition across the half line. The best hurler their, their hurler of the year last year hasn't, you know, even really trained much yet. So I just think that's that's the difference between them and everyone else. Like you know, and like Keen Keen Lynch is 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 finding his form now again. You know, three points yesterday involved in everything. The boys highlighted Barry Nash last night. He's his first match back there as well. Mm. They're just an awesome unit, lads. Tom Morrissey's tipping over eight points. You know, uh, five from play. He can take over the freeze if they need be. You know, everybody's talking about. And John Kyle was asked about it again yesterday. And, and in fairness, he's given the same answer all the time about Aaron Galan. He said it's an internal issue. They're dealing with it internally. Do I feel we'll see Aaron Galan before the year's out? I, I honestly do feel we will see Aaron Galan before the year's out. But if we don't see Aaron Galan, Tom Morrissey can be your free taker. Um, you could have Carl O'Neill when he comes back, could be your free taker. Dermot Burns you takes know, frees, you know. Michal Hulahan takes frees. Like if, if, if it's free taker you're looking for, because, and, and they're not. But it's what Aaron Galan offers you, the, the brilliance that he offers you, what he did in the semi-final last year, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So I just think their competition is unbelievable. 
I think maybe the biggest test that they'll have before the championship could be an A versus B game. And that's with all due respect to everyone else. That's just where they're at right now. Um, I just think, you know, Galway, I'll be, they are missing a good few now as well. But I tell you, look, it's, 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 isn't it a big eye-opener, lads, for a young lad coming in? And I'm, I'm going to use Donald O'Shea as an example now, okay? Donald O'Shea was taken off at half-time yesterday. He was playing the half-forward line for Galway. Or he was down to play in the half-forward line. And, like, I think if you really want to know where you're at at inter-county level and you're coming into it and, and, and you think you're good enough, I think when you pitch yourself against the very, very best, and, and, and for me personally, when I was kind of starting out, it was Kilkenny, like, how, like, I, if, if I play well here now and here that day, right, when are we playing Kilkenny in the league? And if I played, if you played fairly well against Kilkenny, you knew, I, I actually have a chance of, of being a good player here. And I think now, lads, if, if you want to know where you're at, like, and if league or not, if you have a really good performance against Limerick, I think you know that, you know, I'm on the right path. But mm. again, it was a big learning for a lot of the Galway lads there yesterday. Um, five points, Mikey. I think Limerick were by far the dominant. Oh, they were, yesterday. they were. Rory, we'd be remiss of us not to mention it. And this isn't bashing referees because, as the lads highlighted on the show last night, I don't think it was seen. So it'll be interesting to see whether Kyle Hayes picks up a retrospective punishment for this because it was, he was already on a yellow. So he would definitely have been sent off, but it's just a question whether it was a second yellow or a straight red. And I think it was a straight red, was it? It was a straight red. I mean, like Kyle Hayes, um, man, if there was a transfer market, I mean, who would I pick? Would I take Garrett Hagerty or Kyle Hayes? It's such a toss-up. I mean, he's such a, an outstanding player. You can't and have any extra players. We need all of them that we mixed, have, all right? Mixed, mixed the sublime <laughs> with the substandard, let's be honest, and he should have been sent off. Um and may still be in trouble for it. Not that it'll but, matter at this Rory, time. sorry, yeah. you know that you know you're a good man for the rules. Joe, you know because because he was spoken to yesterday, no. and and like it, it spoke to is it, 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 that's not say dealing with no. it in inverted commas. No, 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 no. Is they they can they can still because uh, I see. I don't think to be fair to Sean Stack, I don't think he saw it, and I don't think the the linesman saw, saw it no. either. You know. Um, so I think he he, he could he, he'd probably get a dip for it. I would imagine will only be one match but it was quite dangerous um now having said that it was he got a flake across the legs uh which actually it was his reaction to that but you just can't do that you know you cannot a strike with a hurley to the head in any way shape or form is a straight red card and he will definitely get a ban one thing i would say as well i thought tom monaghan got off with a yellow for one on Keen lynch not that dissimilar at the same time um, but like the three points that uh, uh, Kyle Hayes got in the first 16 minutes I mean oh, all top drawer like um, I think the thing for me with Limerick is if you get a chance even a half chance or a sniff of a goal you have to score uh, you have to get goals against them uh, and, and they won't give you that many chances they might give you one or maybe a half one but you have to take it because um, it was double scores by half time, and you couldn't really yeah. see a way back for Galway. Conor Cooney had that chance. It wasn't much of a chance, though, in fairness. It was, it was 25 yeah, yards yeah, out yeah, against yeah. Nicky Quaid. Yeah, is not the best goal of a chance. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The positives, though, I would say the positives for Galway, they conceded no goal after conceding four against Cork, and they were tidy enough in that department. Um, they got it back to within two points, as I said, with, as you said, with three minutes to go, and they played with a fair degree of bottle but, and, and fight and never gave it up. But Limerick never really felt like they were going to lose the game at any stage. 
Do you think always long-term plan, lads, is try and get to that level where they were at with the All-Ireland semi-final and just try and match them man for man rather than yesterday allowing a creator, a, a Pirlo-type player in, in Barry Nash time on the ball. That You know, the boys spoke about last night's in the game as well, but like I'm just saying, they, 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 they went at it last year. Claire went at it last year in the Munster final, albeit they were wrecked for the next maybe a couple of rounds of games after it. But is, is, is like when you're playing Limerick and you're trying to beat them championship time and knockout games, you have to just throw everything at it and just be of the mindset that if we lose, we lose. But let's lose by really going at them rather than standing back and saying, sure, we'll flood the back here. Because that hasn't worked like for four or five years now because the boys are able to pick out that little pocket of space to your left or right. That if that I think teams now have to decide, let's risk it and let's just go for it, like the mm. risk and reward thing, and let's go man and man in them. And if there is space, there will trust that the lads in there will do the job, like, and uh, you know at least go down, go down swinging, as you say, because uh, I think Galway will give one of the best performances last year in the All Ireland semi final when Fintan Burke just he just went at it, like, and 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 the rest of them went at it, and there was a trust there to say I trust that you're going to win your 50-50 battle, and they they nearly bet them. And then Limerick unloaded their bench and, and they won the game. Whereas maybe that's what Henry's looking for this year. If it does get that tight, then he can turn around in Crow Park and see three or four lads that he trusts, like he genuinely trusts, will do it. Maybe he didn't have them last year. And again, we go back to Limerick's depth in panel. But I'm just saying, I just think now, if we're, if we're getting that now, Liz, is how are we going to take them on? Right, they're brilliant in every factor of the field. They can physical, they can hurl, they can spread the ball. If we leave space, they'll find it. So let's will we will we try just go at it like Cork did down in the second half, um, I I just I I just feel maybe that's what teams are going to have to do and and it it's it, is it a risky thing of course it is because look they could have two or three goals scored there if you leave the space but mm. has to be they're not they're not that, scoring you know? goals though Shane that's the only thing they can but they don't seem to be bothered they're about not that. trying really. no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they're 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 meeting they're like what is it like I think they're like they they seem to have this target of kind of thirty points like yeah. And, and and most lads, most games lads, unless you're bagging one or two, three goals, you won't match them for 30 points. Like, no, no way. No, they, they know what they need to do. And they're, you know, it's just, if you can score a point from 80 yards, why try working up the field for a low percentage goal chance, which is what they're doing. Um, We'll move on to another Leinster defeat. Uh, Matt, you were at Rory. Um, yeah. Dublin, I, I kind of suspected, yes, yeah, I suspected Dublin would, would, would go down swinging, which is all we can ask of our Leinster brethren at the moment. Um, five points. They they really made it uncomfortable. But as the lads highlighted last night, you know there, there's a Dublin reliance on Donald Burke that's kind of terrifying. But I would mm. say one bright spot: this full forward Considine, who not only scored three points, but on several occasions made a complete Mickey of his of his marker with like little flicks and stuff. He looks like a exciting player. Was taken off though. That's the only thing I would say. And he did fade a little bit. Um. I think Tipperary obviously were trying out a few different things. They had um, what's centre forward's name? Is it Jar O'Connor? Garrod O'Connor. Garrod O'Connor. Yeah. I I was I was interested to see how he'd get on because uh, he's big unit, uh, very similar in stature to the kind of Kyle Hayes, Garrod Hagerty. Um, but I'll tell you, the lads highlighted 
don't were you did you see this game shane or were you there or were we at it no or, no no i didn't yeah. see it no so the lads highlighted the lads highlighted donald burke last night but i'll tell you now who i thought was actually the best player on the pitch for me anyway was was um connor burke at center back for dublin i thought he was absolutely outstanding uh, I think it's he's a real find. Not a young lad by any means. I haven't really seen him pop up too much on the Dublin scene over the last number of years. And as we know, I be at pains to repeatedly point out the importance of centre back on a team. And over, I'd say all of maybe five six inches. And I thought he gave as good as he got. He was absolutely top class. Uh, a massive find for them. And the other thing that struck me about their team selection, the Dublin Hurland team for the last number of years, or certainly going back even probably to Dalo's time, would have been dominated by the likes of Kilmacuds, Kula's, Ballantyre, St. John's and Southside clubs in general. There was only one Kula lad in the entire 26. And these are a double All-Ireland club winning team now from very, very recent times, which was the goalkeeper. And that's all they had on the entire panel. And more than half the starting 15 were Northsiders. Now, what's the significance of that? Well, I'm going to have to be careful how I word this now here, but I think Northsiders are a little more streetwise, okay? <laughs> let's put it let's put it like that, is maybe that's as diplomatic as I can find. And I think that's what Michal Donahue has gone after. I mean, I think there were players from clubs like places like Nave Barog and Aaron's Isle. There was a Fingalians lad on the bench. He's had a few chances, didn't really, you know, maybe didn't take it, their power, but there's still more to come from him. And I think he's gone for a very different type of player and a different type of identity. And I think from my point of view, I was very impressed with them on Saturday night. I think Tipperary, I think, you know, kind of went into experimental mode by and large. They made a lot of different changes. But I think Dublin were the story. I mean, they made this game competitive from the from the off. They conceded two goals, which I think were ultimately the difference. But it was a very, very good game. And um, in, in many ways, maybe it was, from the hurling I saw, the best game of the weekend in... Jesus, that wouldn't be hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, that is a good point. Shane, uh, yeah. the lads highlighted the attack last night, but the the, the temporary defence, you know, it was yeah. tested, which is obviously, you know, no harm. Um, Hogan was kind of, uh, it was Barry, isn't it, these days? Barry was, uh, he, he was, you know, he had a couple of decent saves to make. Um, you know, big, as Roy said, big, strong kind of Dublin team kind of tested temporary defence. Do you, do you think we're, the forwards there was definitely experimentation experimentation do you think do you think that's close to the kind of the how close are we to the first choice starting championship defense there with tip last on saturday night yeah you're maybe not far off it like i mean you say you're, you're brian o'mara is definitely going to feature he was he's just hurling over his skin at the moment and i think he proves what a loss he was tipperary last year didn't like, have mike know, green full back on saturday night for was that the first you know, time I'd that he that's it, like, and they're just, um, you know, they're trying out. Um, I suppose they're trying, maybe trying Brian O'Mara if Mike, if Mikey Breen thing, if Mikey Breen wasn't out or something, like, who is our cover for a fullback? And, and Mikey has done very well on a fullback for me, you know, I think mm. he's ticked a lot of boxes. Brian O'Mara was outstanding there the other night. Johnny Ryan and Connor back there, lads, he'd be, uh, he's from Aravale Rovers, it'd be tip town. Um, again, it would be maybe an unknown outside uh, of Tipperary, but. What he would play a lot of his club hurling out around the middle of the field, very comfortable on the ball, and and I think maybe Tip are looking for a kind of a Barry Nash type player there to get him on the ball and, and maybe 
to have that quality of delivery that he has. Um, say Mikey Breen, Ron Maher at six. I, I'd love to see if I'd love to see Ron at seven. Um, I think he's just such the most one of the most natural strikers of the ball that there is in the game. And if you could get him at seven, it might allow him to have that Kyle Hayes role to push up the field a little bit more and pick off those two or three points because he has it in the locker lads. You know, mm. this this guy is some strike of a ball. Um, how close are we? Like, I mean, Tip still have eight, nine lads out injured. Mm. Um, Kieran Connolly said the other, like, it was announced the other day, Kieran Connolly's from Lockmore, that he's not going to feature this year. He's a big loss. He's he had a great campaign with Joel, he had a great campaign with, with Lockmore Castellani two years ago. Um, so he's a loss. You know, Bubbles has stepped away, or Bubbles has retired now as well, which, you know, that's that's fair enough. He wasn't involved, you know, early on in the year, then the likes of Gerald Brown get injured as well. So, you know, the injury list is, is long. So how close are we to the to the backs, this championship starting defence, Mikey? I mean, we still have to remember that that Cahal Barrett is out with a uh, broken shoulder at the moment. So we're hoping like that he that he's gonna be back in time. Like, you know, he'll he'll definitely do everything right to get himself back as well. And um, Brian McGrath went off injured there yesterday as well. So it's just like if you can keep all these guys on the field, there there, there there's an honesty and a work rate and tip there at the moment that it, all the supporters are just delighted to see. Uh, I can't comment too much on the game. I was listening to it on the radio on Tip mm. FM and just watching the highlights. But like they're working ferociously hard. Alan Tynan is working ferociously hard yeah, as far as Mark is playing well. Shamie Kendi's doing fine. All you know he got he got taken off, but um put in a good shift, two points again. And um, you know, the the, the spread of score is there. Um Donald Burke, obviously what he did, lads, is it's phenomenal stuff. And uh but what Jason is doing, I suppose, for us on the other side, like one ten the other day. Uh, one fifteen against Kilkenny the last day. I just feel that this guy is he's in a great place at the moment. You know, he's our main man in the forwards mm. at the moment. Try and get Shamey on for longer, try and get John McGrath back from injury as well and, and get him on the pitch for longer. Add it in with all those. Like what more can Tip do really? Like I suppose yeah. we're we're like they've three wins from three. Uh, their next game is against Watford and their last game is against Antrim. Mm. So get a few more bodies back over the next couple of weeks, go again against Watford. That's all, you know. I mean, let's. I, I'll be honest. Look, right, the, the hype and expectation and tip at the moment is for real people. For people who know what 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 they're talking about is like, if if Tipperary can be really competitive in Munster and get out of Munster, honestly, no, I think a lot of people will be saying we are making progress. We're going the right way. Now I know the lads inside. They want they want success, regardless of what you're doing. They they're training ferociously hard. They want success, but like if they're really competitive in Munster, get out of Munster. I think everything else then the shackles are off then and it's like you know it's there's no expectation on them because of the guys that have stepped away because the, the shackles are off and you could run into a Leinster team in a quarter final happy days oh, sure look <laughs> don't come that no Rory like so uh, <laughs> but look that's that's it that's where Tipper at I think and I think they're going fine three wins from three what more can they do and um, they're hurling fine and they're working fierce hard mm. and uh I think they're 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 in a they're in a nice place, Mike. Yeah. My like my that. prediction of a Tipperary league league win is uh, you know getting closer and closer. Uh, oh, I'll sure, I predict the Galway and sure, Jesus, I suppose. Well, the way it's <laughs> shaping up, great, I mean, it, it it would uh, it be a fantastically novel league final if Cork and Tip actually made it to. I mean, Jesus, I don't remember the last time those two counties contested a league final, so that'd be yeah. Yeah, um, you'd have no one really with a league medal either side. I think Shamey's yeah. the only person who has a league medal in um in our group, Rory. Last time we won it was thousand and eight. Yeah. Last time yeah. he won it was ninety eight. Yeah. So yeah. I think for even even for that lads, another national was medal. Was Patrick Horgan not playing in ninety eight, no? No. No, he, <laughs> no, he was so <laughs> he was <laughs> that day. 
Um, sorry, I'm just taking jibes where I can't. This is just a quick shout out to uh, Kilkenny, a Leinster team who did win. Granted, they beat another Leinster team, but you can only beat what's put in front of you, lads. 34 points to 118, and Waterford beat Antrim in the other yeah, game. Yeah, and they had some of the belly and own Cody back there as well. That's you know, like you know, you're getting getting some of the belly hail content. Slowly, slowly, yeah, in. yeah, blending them back in as well. So I think that's uh, that's good for the Kilkenny. I guys. won't worry about Kilkenny; they'll be all right. Um, right. I'm off to uh, drink some bleach or something. Um, that's a joke. Don't drink bleach. No, we'll leave it at that though. Shane, thank you very much for not rubbing it in. You've you're shown a, a level of maturity that I appreciate early on a Monday morning. I tell you, Mikey, look, we'll keep it now till later on in the year and we'll save all the tweets, we'll save all the comments and stuff. Uh, don't ruin it now. Don't ruin it now by, <laughs> with, with threats. Um, so thank you, Shane. Thank you, Rory. And thank you to Eamon earlier. And um, we'll catch you on Thursday for a preview of the football week end. See you Possession then. Bye. crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road. And that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar.